Welcome, bienvenue to the Fantasy Tools Podcast. This is a show where fantasy tools discuss fantasy tools. I'm your host, Derek Rentz, and I'm joined by my co-host, Michael Peterson. Our mission is to discuss fantasy baseball and the tools that we're developing that help us manage our teams. Cue that intro music. have some MLB, MLB postseason player movement predictions to discuss. <laughs> yeah, and I think, and it's kind of, the theory of, I will say the theory of the case was pretty good, I think, because the big movers are LA Dodgers, LA Angels, LA Dodgers, and New York Yankees. So I think that yeah. that made sense, right? So it's Otani and Glass now, and Manny Margot, come on. Give somebody give somebody else a little credit here. Going nope. to the do- nope, going nope. to the Dodgers. Not not listed here. <laughs> Doesn't make the list. And Juan Soto going to New York. I don't like him. <laughs> All of it. Well, I think I, I well Otani. I feel like was a done deal before. I feel like that was that was unsurprising. Maybe the dollar amount of the deal is a little surprising. Yeah, but and how the deal is being structured. And, well, I mean, for a second there, it looked like Blue Jays, which was be, that would have been awesome. I know. I know. Well, that, that's why that's why I proposed to skip ahead. That's why I proposed Juan Soto, wild card to the Blue Jays, because I felt like the Blue Jays wanted to make some sort of splash this off season. Yeah, he felt like he was going to end up in New York. It did. did. Didn't I say, did I say Mets? You I did. Remember. Yeah, already. You did. I can't you did. say. No, you said Mets. So in retrospect, in retrospect, that looks much better. And in retrospect, the Yankees makes perfect sense. And so now, oh well, I, yeah, ten years ago would have made perfect sense, but right now they haven't really been getting people. So it makes sense that we ignored them as a destination. It's true. I'd, lo- I'd love to know more about behind the scenes of the past 10 years. Like, were they trying for guys and they just missed them? Like, the bids weren't good enough? Or was it that they were sitting on their hands? I don't actually know the answer to that. I'd be curious. I don't know. I don't care. I hope that they... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, obviously. Uh, any any news from Red Sox camp or anything? Anything? Uh, there's a lot of disappointment. There's a lot of concern. There's a lot of hoping for players that I don't think are going to come. Who'd we say was going yeah. to the Red Sox? Hmm. Who'd Yamamoto say- yeah, was true. is the one that a lot of people are linking to the Red Sox. Yeah, that'd be fun. Bellinger would be fun. Bellinger would be fun. Yeah, because what's going on with him and the Cubs? He hasn't signed with the Cubs. I know. I, I, <laughs> sure. I, I, I was a. Uh, yeah, not that I expect either of us to have any insider information. He basically like, said, I won an MVP and should be paid more. Yeah. And I took a discount this year to just get my name out there, so pay me. And I think the the Cubs have been like, no thanks. Yeah, which which is so weird. Which is so weird. The Cubs need a marquee player. I guess they mm-hmm. I guess they they feel like Bellinger is not it. Which yeah. is weird. Strange. Nico Horner is clearly it. Double Yeah, down. well, uh, yeah. Sure. <laughs> anyway, kind of kind of weird. I mean, this is this is just meta level. This is weird to me because they the winter meetings came and went without too much happening, and then these came out sort of immediately after. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so now I'm kind of like, when are the rest of the deals gonna be finalized? You and I are in the camp that, for fantasy purposes, you want these deals to be done as early as possible, so you actually know what's going on with the teams. Yeah, these people have to be able to 
buy their loved ones a Valentine's Day gift <laughs> with their signing bonus, or it, they put their season in jeopardy. Yeah, exactly. So that's an excellent way to say that. Very poetic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, guilty as charged. All right, this is this is a winter podcast. We have not a whole lot to talk about. So I thought that I'd start prepping for some what I like to call the Carabelle analysis. I remember he went he went on a tirade on one of his podcasts about how we shouldn't be forgetting about the guys who were highly touted the year previously. And if you look at the track record of it, he he's got a point. He he always over always overstates, I think. But he's got a point to say like if people were high on the person last year and they didn't hit those expectations, it doesn't mean that they're automatically a terrible player. There might have been some reason and you might be able to catch a little bit of the post-hype bump in in the following year. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this I would recast everything in in a formal, you know, Bayesian way and say that we have pretty we should have pretty strong priors just because we like, you know, track record for you put together a nice spreadsheet that you'll introduce in a minute, but I'm looking at at Trey Turner, for example. We thought Trey Turner was going to be a top one, two, three guy last year, mm-hmm. for example. He didn't return exactly that value, but we shouldn't, you shouldn't ignore Trey Turner <laughs> in the first oh, round right, right, this right. year. Yeah. Yep. That'd be ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah. So this is, I, I think we're going to do a little podcast here on don't forget about last year's preseason rankings. Um, what I have done so far mm-hmm. is to take together, call together some lines of code that I have previously and data that I have previously to produce a spreadsheet. Ultimately, I think what I what I really want to do is put together another Jupyter notebook that this can yeah. just live, and then I'll set up workflow automations to update it every day, and then try to track longitudinally what's going on. Oh, cool. Anyways, what I the data that I have is last year from March 30th. This year, no, I'm sorry. This year from March 30th. I, I'm already thinking that it's 2024. <laughs> so this year from March 30th, I have the rankings so i felt like that's the right point to say these are the preseason rankings for um from fantasy pros Mm. for all players Mm -hmm. and so i've got the and this is expert consensus ranking um ranked now i've grabbed so far this year the fantasy pros is presenting four out of five experts uh 2024 uh preseason rankings what happened to the fifth expert that they're not included Probably us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Probably like, ah, no, we're not using that. Anyways, so grabbing that, and this is really way too early, you know, way too early stuff. And there's there's some areas in here. But if we can, if I can get the automation in here, yeah. we can start to see. And I think maybe we can start to see some trends of, I'd lo- really love to be able to capture longitudinally from this point to like the um, March 30th yeah in 2024 like which players have yeah. which little peaks and valleys of of um of rankings over the I, I love that because you're, you're basically talking about like the delta of deltas right because yeah, what, delta, delta. what you'd want to <laughs> we love delta of deltas on this pod uh because what you're because what you'd be looking at is we'd be trying to analyze micro trends and sort of hype right because because mm-hmm. it's not like they're it's not like any of these guys are accumulating any stats between now no. and the start of the season <laughs> So it's no. all going to be driven by hype. And so it, that's going to be a super interesting analysis. Or TikTok videos. Yeah, I mean, yeah. 
I'm I'm way in on that because it could be like news, it could be insider reporting, it could be trades. I mean, there's yeah. all sorts of cool stuff that that's gonna be. So hopefully, we can keep the our finger on the pulse here. Would love to. All right, so the spreadsheet or Google sheet, whatever you want to call it, has these columns: has player, team, 2023 rank, 2024 rank. Those are the consensus rankings in the respective years. Delta, which is 20. Um, 2023 minus 2024 which is to say that anything positive is good and yeah. anything negative is bad um, i did it the opposite way and i got myself all confused then i've got for you the uh, the regularly scraped data from fantasy pros mm-hmm. so um the best worst average standard deviation in adp for those rankings mm. for 2024 and then I have eligibility, so that we can do a little bit of fun sync sorting here. So I've got pitcher or batter eligibility. It's binary, so yes or no. Um, and then I've got positionality, so relief pitcher, catcher, third base, second base, or et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, and uh, starting pitcher. How did you get this? What? How did you get this? What do you mean? How did you get this? The positions. Is it? Is, <laughs> I, is that I a, scraped it. Is it an entry in the? Is it an entry in the Fangraphs table? It's tough. It's not exactly easy. It took, it took some work. This is. I was. I was just gonna say. Okay. This is. This is probably not the most. Com- probably not the most compelling part to the listeners. But this is deeply compelling to me. <laughs> oh else, yeah, I know. It's, it's somebody not... else scraping data. And this is to check. This is two things. Two questions. Is this twenty twenty four eligibility? Yes. Okay. And this is twenty twenty three team. This is team that they played on last year, or this is current team. This is twenty twenty four team. Twenty twenty four team. So that's why you see right. Roy I Bellinger guess I... is a free agent. Ah, was, I was, who's, yeah, who's F.A.? Okay. Uh, now, this is el- eligibility according to Fantasy Pros. Uh-huh. It's not necessarily the eligibility according to your... Um, yeah, big big caveats. But, but I think Fantasy Pros is a little bit more conservative than... I mean, errors on the conservative side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're not like a one. So Mookie so, Betts is, has a couple of outfield shortstop. I want to push back slightly on your immediate statement that that negative numbers are better and po- or negative numbers are worse and positive numbers are better. It just, they're just telling us different things, right? Because they're telling us that a positive number says that they were ranked more highly in 2024 than in 2023. And a negative number goes the other way. So by Carabell analysis, we actually should be more interested in the negative guys, the value of the negative guys. Uh, yes, I'm sorry. I, I was just saying... I'm trying to say they're ranked better versus they're ranked worse this year is is a uh, paradigm right. that you need to see it. So we want to focus, I think, in the terms of the Carabell analysis here, we want to focus on the players that are lower. So, right. yes, in a Warren Buffett sense, we want to focus on the ones that are lower. Buy low, sell high. So I'm noticing one big trend here. I'll kick us off with, with one big trend, which is that, by and large, what I'm seeing is a bunch of a few huge positive jumps and then the negatives are kind of all hovering in this like 10 range like between between zero zero and 10 at least at the beginning are you sorting this so that everybody can see it or just no i I haven't even sorted yet i was i'm i'm rolling on vibes at the high at the high levels yes but i think that that um that doesn't tell the whole story but yes at the high level top 60 that is what I'm seeing as well. I think that's all very true is that some guys have been pushed down in the top 60. Yeah. Um, but stayed in the, t- in the top, but then a bunch of guys have 
jumped up, which yeah, is Yeah, I mean, you have these guys astounding. taking massive leaps. I mean, I'm looking at, like, Corbin Carroll. Yeah, C.J. Abrams. I mean, I mean, I'm looking, even, even starting from the top, right? Corbin Carroll has, uh, first of all, an astounding 2024 rank of four. And that's why I'm way too early. Don't let's not focus on on what what the numbers are yet. But the fact is, but the fact is that from 2023 to 2024, even though he had high expectations last year, his playing time wasn't certain. And but once he realized that, his value this year is going to be off the charts. I, there's essentially no way either of us is going to get Corbin Carroll. I think. Oh no 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 no! Unless something crazy happens. What's his What's his? I love that you have ADP in here. So his ADP actually is a little bit worse than his ranking. I mean, a teeny tiny bit. He's the. I mean, he's a expert darling. Who's five? Tatis is five in ADP. Hmm, okay. I I don't wouldn't trust ADP yet. Who's drafting? You know. Okay. All right. Fair. I won't. I won't do that. But but I think I'm looking at the I'm looking at the negatives in the top sixty. And like I said, there's there's everyone's just kind of slid down to make room for guys above them is kind of yeah. my, well, kind Vlad of my Guer- read. Well, Vlad, Vlad Guerrero has slid down more than just like the kind of um, the Aaron Judge. Aaron Judge went from number three to number eight. That's a negative five. Okay, great. He's not the player du jour Yeah. after a 60 home run season. Okay, fine. But yeah, you have a couple players. Louis uh, Robert is went up 17 but then here we have Vlad Guerrero Jr. down 16 16 yeah takes out of the top top 10 and puts you down in the you draft in the third round well and look at his teammate Bo Bichette down started at 16 down 24 spots this year I would love Mm -hmm. to know you know if I could ask the universe for one statistical correlation just to know for sure it would be you know what is the outcome what do the outcomes look like for Vlad Guerrero and Bo Bichette (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like those have to be so correlated with each other. Yeah, they yeah they are. Yeah. Well, if they had Shohei, like imagine that. Yeah. Manny Machado is another one. People are realizing that he's getting old. Machado, I think. Machado, I think people are starting to value properly. Is my personal read on the situation. I don't think he ever should have been valued at like fifteen last year. No, he shouldn't have been fifteen. That is astounding that he got so high. Um. He is, and I think that 46-0 is a little bit too much. So I we might be owning Manny Machado because I bet you, I think that our rankings even have him um, a little bit higher. I'm, pos- I'm positive that's true. Josh Lowe. Oof. I've got that. That decision is in my future. Whether to keep him or not. <laughs> well, Thank you- God Mike Trout is down here. But here, I, know. I wanted to sort, let's sort this by um, Z to A. So, no, no, no. Let's just A to Z. Which is uh, lowest, uh, yeah, lowest to highest. Old friend Clayton Kershaw <laughs> moved back 233 spots. I mean, uh, this now what? What are ahead. you noticing in this list here? If we go from the the deltas of the uh, smallest deltas here as the largest negative deltas. I'm well, sorry. my immediate notice on this is is it looks would be like pitcher heavy, heavily pitcher. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what that means. Well, it's 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 true though. I mean, it's that pitchers get hurt, right? And pitchers are hurt, and then pitchers get into bad situations where their um, value changes drastically. And I think people and then people get worried, and then they don't rank them as highly. I think that this is also a place where we're going to see a lot of evening out. Like Dylan Cease isn't mm-hmm. going to 
Dylan Cease isn't going to end the offseason as pitcher 200. <laughs> no, no, I think, it, I think not even true. pitcher 200. I mean, in the 200s for rankings. That's wild. Did we discuss where Clayton Kershaw winds up? And no, because we assume he's going to end up a Dodger. Man, that would be so crazy if they moved on from Clayton Kershaw. There's no, there doesn't seem to be immediately to my eyes a one size fits all explanation for these batters. Oh, there are a lot of guys that didn't produce in 2023. Sure, but but didn't produce is yeah. I mean, I guess didn't produce is the the reason that I was wondering like, are they on average older batters? Are they like, are they one position in particular? But but these are mostly guys that we know. You know, they weren't. These aren't highly tattered prospects who then didn't make it. These are known okay. entities who, or Wander Franco, um, these are known entities who didn't take an ex- the next step. I'm thinking Tommy Edmond is a perfect example there. Actually, um, that, okay, you, you make a good point. The, the conspicuous lack of young guys on here or prospects on here is real. Yeah. Yeah, it's a mix of guys that didn't take the step that they were supposed to take. So Josh Rojas and Tommy Edmond, but then yeah. also guys who did take a step towards the exiting the league, like Tim Anderson, yeah. buddy, Juan Carlos Stanton. Carlos, yeah, that's one, exactly. Yeah. Byron Buxton. Uh, <laughs> Whit Merrifield. Okay, we each have a darling on here, so it's all Ooh, right. Cedric Mullins. Wow. Mullins, Mullins is such a funny case because, you know, his so, his year came out of absolutely nowhere. Like his, but his he a, was a highly touted. Well, I would say in in someone who's owned Cedric, he was a highly touted prospect, and then everything went according to plan with the Orioles for a year. And yeah. because he gets stolen bases, outsized impact. Yep. Next two years, he's been hurt. He has not, and it's the number of games that he's played. He's not Byron Buxton, and it's like yeah, and it's a hundred games. And he's just not playing when he's hurt, fully hurt. They're putting him out there, and it's like, well, Cedric Mullins has broken ribs, and then he yeah. plays. He plays two out of three games in a series, and then he does that for a little while. We should trace a couple of guys that we think are that there's way too. Yeah, we should look at a delta between our rankings and these early oh, stu- early season ones, and then figure out who we should be watching. Because I think I think what I'm scared of right now is that when we get the delta of deltas, it's just going to be too much information. Like yeah, a well. like a time series for each one of these guys is going to be like I don't know how to analyze this. <laughs> it's so it's going to be fun. No, it, we're going to have to come with yeah. It's gonna it's not going to be bottom up analysis. It's going to have to be top down where we've and that's the same thing as with the ownership graphs. Is it's sort of a top down analysis of not like hey, what am I getting out of the ownership? I, and I need to do that more. There's some queries that we can do, but mostly the ownership graphs historically in season have been like, "Hey, what? How does the ownership for this guy look? Oh, it's going in the right direction. Yeah. I I should jump on the train." So let's let's close quickly on on looking at the opposite, which is the highest gainers here, which is more scary to me because you're kind of like I like this top ten. You're kind of like unfit. <laughs> like unfiltered here now this yeah. is young guys right so i think we can we can just list the top 10 zach geloff yeah. i'm glad so glad we talked about him on the pod bob bob's son i guess bob's son <laughs> logan allen jordan westberg willie castro noel v Marte, yanir cano connor phillips don't know who that guy is cole reagan's jordan uh, another Waller, one we just talked about brent rooker i know we we did a really good job actually of covering a bunch of these guys now most of them are none of those guys made it into the top 100 yet 
No. But a lot of meat here between 100, 100 and two, 350, which means that those yeah. are guys that are going to get drafted. Yeah. I mean, Willie Castro went up 850 50 spots, still outside the top 300. So still not actually fantasy relevant. <laughs> well, same thing's true for, I mean, same thing's true for Jordan Westberg, right? I mean, look at. Yeah. Jordan Westberg, too. Yeah. Our buddy. Yeah. Uh, man, Hit a no. bomb, Jordan. I mean, these guys were these guys were in the thousands. They started yeah. like twenty twenty three rankings in the thousands. Like it's stunning that they even got ranked. <laughs> <laughs> you know, who is the guy? Yeah, it's like uh, um, who's the one doing the research on this on this person? Oh, I'd you love know? to know. I I mean, we us <laughs> we 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 already talked about Jordan. Cole Reagans. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, now so, we have so guys in the top hundred of interest maybe yuri perez and uh, walker bueller walker I think that's bueller well bobby yeah, miller course, i mean a bunch count. of these are interesting actually nolan jones nolan jones i, yeah. I mean that's you got him in in our nolan jones yep LA i feel like we've heard of him josh, josh Lowe. Lowe. yeah i it's, it's really, really there's some Tariq scubo look at this guy there's some really interesting stuff here if you look at the guys that jumped into the top hundred so i guess i would be interested in following the delta of those guys immediately because those guys yeah, right, clearly right okay. now have some hype. Anybody that jumped into the top 100 from a long way away, we should take a look at what they're doing. For sure. I think that about brings us to the review session. Christian Vasquez. Oh, you stack these in a different order than I'm used to. <laughs> <laughs> never, say I'm a, never say I'm a man of habits until the links are in an order that I didn't expect. <laughs> you don't know how many times I do Apple C for copy on this fucking computer. Absolutely. All right. Finally, we get to talk about a twin. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty sad. All right. Tristan Vasquez. Yeah, that's right. And he's right. not a first baseman. I know. I know. But he's as good as we get. All right. He played in 102 games this year. Only 355 plate appearances. Ouch. Uh, 34 runs in this. 32 RBIs. What do you do that on? Six home runs. Nice. One stolen base. Congratulations to you, Christian Vasquez. And a 223 average. That's just a bad first baseman yeah yeah that well it's not a first baseman it's a catcher it's not a great catcher either no no and it didn't do him it being catcher and playing some first base didn't didn't do him any good on keeping him on the field and this has been true for years i mean he's never cracked 140 i'm seeing what is his age oh 140 33 gosh it feels like he's been around forever well, he was, I mean, first of all, he was a Red Sox, so we paid attention to him on some level, right? We both, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, saw yeah, him yeah. in games and things. And I feel like anytime we see someone in person, that immediately biases our expectations. Yeah. But that, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. So Christian, so uh, Christian Vasquez, like so. I mean, is he still coasting off of a 23 home run season in 2019? I mean, is that the only reason that he has any fantasy value? I mean, I'm looking at these stats. There's no reason that this guy should be owned at all ever two catcher leagues that's the reason why you have him he goes on slight hot spurts but yeah i agree he's he's not worth owning if he's your first baseman it's you you've done something terribly wrong so but i mean is there is there any utility in the positional flexibility since he does have catcher eligibility two catcher leagues there's no scenario where you'd ever want him to play first like to slot him in at first. No, but you might need to. So that does bring in some value. I, I mean, you. There are times where it's if you're in like a head-to-head league and you don't have you have one one day of ad drops. I guess, but I'm looking. I mean, I'm looking at these counting stats, and it's 
you know, 34 runs, 32 RBIs. I mean, that's one every three games. One of those every three games. Come on. Mm. That's like... So you, So let's say, let's just do a hypothetical. You start him... Okay, you're, you're stuck in TGFBI. You start him for the weekend because, you know, you need him. You, you need to... You want to fill a spot. He yeah. might get you one run during that on average. Yeah, I don't think that he's worth it. He's not worth owning. We don't need to talk about Christian. No, it, it, I think... Yeah, and I think, but so so let's let's contextualize this a little bit in the context of or the way that we've been thinking about guys recently because we've actually been on a reasonable streak of interesting guys. Yeah, we right? have so, been, and this is the first one that's like not interesting at all. So, what is it about Christian Vasquez that we should have known? Is it just catcher? Yeah, it's just catcher. Okay. Uh, unfortunately, that's it. it. And so his BABIP is was down to two eighty. Huh. He's actually at a his he's a career three hundred Babbitt player, so he actually, well, actually gets nice. on base pretty well. That was his average went down from two seventy four to two twenty three. I think that's the most concerning thing oh, to me. Yeah. Oh, his yeah. K percentage is up, his walk percentage is up a little bit, which is nice. But he's never been above ten percent, so don't expect him to, that guy to walk. Well, one thing we'd have to check, I guess. I mean, I guess the thing that really shows you like don't ever bother with this guy is the fact that he basically never cracked seven in the twins lineup mm. and he's always down at eight and i think you know default you and i would suggest don't, don't ever own a guy who's batting eight <laughs> no matter what yeah and i think i think we knew that from the outset of the season like he's gonna bat way down there so who was the everyday catcher for the twins ryan jeffers was the main catcher ryan jeffers right okay the reason why you moved on from um Gro- what is his name was Mitch Garver. In, uh, Mitch Garver. On the Grover Cleveland. Good for- <laughs> Grover Cleveland. <laughs> Famously good catcher. <laughs> well, all right. Uh yeah, there's just there's just not a whole lot to say. I think I think I, I think we're not in any like thinking about you know, our whole main segment was thinking about drafting guys this year. I would say we're not in any danger of touting a Christian Vasquez like guy as somebody to own. Right, because we would we would look at the ownership, we would look at the ownership, we would look at the where they're expected to bat in the order, we would look at what they've done in previous years and think there's no upside here. And at this point in the draft, talking, I mean, this is the 42nd guy we've reviewed. At this point in the draft, you're looking for huge upside. Yeah, 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 just there's there's nothing here. There's no nothing. I mean, unless your catcher went down with (sighs) TJ, I guess preseason, you're not you're you're not going into the season with him this year. But I don't think either of us. I mean, even after uh, what's his name, our our hot start catcher last year. Oh, Logan O'Hop went down. Neither Logan O'Hop. Neither of yeah. us ended up with Christian Vasquez. I don't think. <laughs> I think I might have had him for a second. Yeah. Oof. Okay. And then I didn't keep him. Yeah. Well, let's not let's not do that again. Okay. Who are we doing next week? Carlos Santana. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Time for a little housekeeping. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes and follow us on Twitter, Fantasy Tools, Mind the Z. Thank you, Mild Manor, for letting us use your tunes. Be sure to follow them on SoundCloud and Facebook. Feel free to email us with questions or comments. Send us messages at fantasy.tools at gmail.com. Again, Mind the Z. All I've got left is, worst of luck to you, buddy. Worst of luck to you, too. Yeah!